Oh, but I'm up on up. My ass is groovy. Chopping it up. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Chopping It Up. I am sitting here with Adam Levin from the legendary Chuck Levin's Music Center. What's up, Adam? How you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. It's Friday. Yeah, exactly. Thank God. Here we go. Or thank thank universe. <laughs> you know, how was your week? Long. <laughs> yeah. We made it. I heard that. We're alive. We made it. We exactly. made it another week. Exactly. How, did you get a chance to listen to the new Jay-Z album? I have not. I listened to it today. I wasn't. I signed up for Tidal. Yeah. You know, I feel like, you know, I spend money off into the universe to a bunch of people I don't know anything about. Do you notice the quality difference? This is a relevant conversation for the music industry. Okay, so, well, I noticed that there's two different subscription options. Mm -hmm. There is the uh, $20 or $10 a month option. And then there's a $20 a month option, which is like lo-fi, like lossless audio. Super hi-fi stuff. Yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. I didn't know they broke it up. Yeah. I I bet they needed to. I mean, yeah, because... It was too expensive. And if you don't have a high... Quality audio, right. thing to play it all, it doesn't really it. fucking matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? I was looking at that and I was thinking, man, maybe I will sign up for that just to hear what it's like. Yeah, there's a difference if you have the stuff. You hear the difference, right? You have the right speakers. You got the right, the right gear. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna check it out, but I feel like. Yeah, we give our money to so many people we don't we don't know anything about, and like I feel good sporting title. You know what? Why not, man? Why, <laughs> Why not? not? Why not? Why Music. Not? I mean, and I've had three people that I really respect mention to me that they like title, just like randomly. I really like title. I like the layout. I like the, and I'm like, that's cool. Like I can respect that, and so yeah. it made me a little bit more interested. It got a bad rap early on, and it's it probably it's. Probably great. I haven't been on it. Exactly. It did get a bad rap, and that's why I was like, you know, I'm not really sure about that. But if you're listening, go check it out, man. I mean, you know, we give our money to, like, Don't judge. bad Sign people. Up. At yeah. least Jay-Z's, like, giving back to his community and yeah. rapping about some decent stuff. Like, I'd rather give him my money than, like, that guy that owns Amazon, a.k.a. the whole world. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but... He's a great guy. How much money does he You know what I mean? He gives, he gives a good amount back. That's good. He is a good dude. I mean, I've never heard anything bad about him. So that's a good start. That's a good start. Especially in this world. Pretty popular dude. To They're looking for, looking for anything. It. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I bet Chuck Levin's Music Center has never been in the center of any controversy, though. I feel like you no guys... No controversy. Yeah, no, you guys, are, you guys are too awesome for that. I'm just trying to stay the center of awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're not familiar, Chuck Levin's Music Center uh, will be turning... 60. 60 next year. Um, and so if you've ever played any kind of musical instrument or anything related to music, your brother, your sister, anybody, everybody went there from like your first clarinet to like the nicest set of drums you've ever purchased as an adult musician, you know, all the way down the line. In fact, I came up there to see you one day and Stevie Wonder was in the store. You know what I mean? It's that kind of a place. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. That's so awesome. yeah, tell us some more about Chuck Levins for, sure. yeah. for for anybody who might be living under a rock and is. So it's like a pretty, it's a pretty cool saga. Um, 
my grandfather started the store, my grandfather and my grandmother started the store in 1958. And the original store was on H Street, downtown D.C. H? H and 12. Northeast or Northwest? I guess it would have been Northwest. Northwest, downtown, yeah. Yeah. And um, my grandfather's mom had a pawn shop down the street, and it was kind of out of the pawn shop that the music center was born. Right. And he kind of learned, you know, the art of the deal and, like, just hustling, you know, right. from, from working in the pawn shop. And in the 50s and stuff, music and guitars and things were starting to be a little more prevalent, and rock and roll was kind of becoming a thing and stuff. So I guess he was savvy enough and just said, I'm going to open up a music store. That's, that's what I've been told is how it started. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so then... Ten years go by, and my grandfather was, like, the quintessential business dude. Like, he was a big, staunch kind of a guy. Had, like, half of a cigar in his, you know, in his mouth at all times. And he was the kind of guy, if you if you shook his hand, the deal was done. Like, his his word was his bond. If he said he was going to get it done, that was it. Right. And he got it done. He didn't cross Chuck. Like, it was like, he, he you know, back then you could you could trust people. Right. You said you had a deal, and you had a deal. Right. And you were accountable to it. And, like, people, that meant something to someone. Yeah. And he was the ultimate. Like, he was just loved helping people. He thought music was a happy business. Um, he just loved dealing with people. Yeah. And that resonated with the music community. So over the next 10 years, he became kind of a big thing. And in 1968, April, uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. And there were all the riots through the city. And the store was burned to the ground. Wow. Nothing left. Um, they never went back down to the store. And they had all these shipments uh, routed out to their house, which was out um, out River Road. Um, and then three months later, we were in the main floor of the building that we're in today. Oh, wow. So that was 1968, um, like June, July. And we only had half that floor. The basement was a laundromat. And upstairs was like a lawyer dentist office. And over the next, we've been at that location. Next year will be 50 years at that location. We took over that whole building that we were right. in. There's a little house next to us. We pretty much took over the whole block of Wheaton. We have that building. Upstairs is a warehouse space. Downstairs is warehouse space. Middle floor is where all the fun happens. Right. There's a building next door that is the oldest building in Wheaton. It's like a historic, like from like before there were roads, there was this house. <laughs> right. And it's sitting in the middle of our parking lot. Oh, yeah. That little gray. Yeah, thing. that it's, random. It's, I have a picture. I found a picture of my dad's, uh, one of my dad's boxes of pictures, and it's Wheaton before Wheaton was there. And it's just like, there's like three houses. <laughs> and that's and one of see, them. And it, that's it. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome. That's crazy, yeah. Then the next building over there, is where we have all like the pro audio and like um, two repair shops and a clinic room where we do demos and events and cool things like that. Um, and then we have we have three other warehouses that are all around the same property. Oh wow! Um, and then around when I was born, nineteen eighty six. So my my uncle, my father, and my aunt all worked in the store their whole lives. And, you know, whenever they got out of school, they came down. My dad went to school in uh, Penn at University of Pennsylvania. 
came down on the weekends to work Saturdays and, and help around on Sundays and stuff like that. Um, that was like their upbringing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, so they're still, my uncle, and my aunt are still there today. Um, so they've been working in the store for 50 years. That's it. That's what, that's what we do. Right. And, um, so, where are we? My grandfather passed away in 2001. My grandmother passed away about five years after that. I came into the store uh, 2010. So I've been there now seven years almost, November 2010. And how old are you? I'm 29. Okay. Basically, right after college. Right I out of college, I did a little road trip because I knew where I was going. I was like, "I'm, I'm done with vacations. Yeah. I'm gonna be here for a while for the rest of my life." So, I'm gonna like get out and do some stuff. Um, but when I came back, um, I had it out. It was, it, you know, I wanted structure because I had like, I, I was coming out of college. I was like, I need like, a, I need something to do, Dad. Like, give me a job. Right. Like, tell me what I'm gonna do. It's like, Adam. There is you just come to store and just do what you need to get done because that's that's what this place is like it's crazy right. just jump on in right <laughs> he said you have to give it three years after that you can do whatever you want you have to give it three years I said fine I'm in let's go after six months I knew that I wasn't going anywhere <laughs> right. this is too awesome um, but the first couple of months I just like sat around in every department listening and learning and you know guitars and drums and Pro audio and band sales and all this stuff, just kind of figuring out what the hell was going on. Yeah. Because these guys have been doing this. I mean, a lot of our employees have been there for 30 years or more. So, like, th- that's the knowledge. That's that's the special sauce. It's like the secrets of this place. We, You know, when I think about what separates Chuck Levins from, like, another music store, they all sell the same gear. The, a Fender Strat is a Fender Strat. Right. Everyone get the same thing. These mics are the same that you'll get in another store. Right. But these guys know what the hell they're doing. And these guys have been in this game as these things have been developed. Right. So like, just listening to how they talk about things and how this, you know, this game is played, that's that's the knowledge. Yeah. So I soaked that in for three years. And then my dad said, look, get our website a little better. Don't spend too much money. Just if you start making money, I'll give you more money to spend on the website. I was like, all right, fine. And that's, it's hard to, I thought it was a little backwards, but we we tried. We tried to do it. <laughs> it was okay. Um, but you got to stumble a bunch of times before you're going to, like, really figure out what the hell is going on. I mean, that's part of the process. No one's there yeah. to, like, no one's really there to, like, tell you how. There's no silver bullet to this game. Right. You got to, like, get in there and do stuff. Jump in. Um, and the task is really to... What the store is, it's community, it's it's knowledge, it's expertise, it's it's these people, it's these characters, it's got a soul, it's a it's a different kind of a thing. Um, but we're like a mom and pop shop on steroids. Right. So it's we have a hundred people that work there. Holy cow, a hundred people. We have thirty plus salesmen, twenty plus stock guys. This is like a manual, like, 
brute force team effort that makes this behemoth. Right. Um, but you know, and and it's and it's getting even harder and more aggressive with the way that things like Amazon are changing the game. Yeah. Because someone and and the way the market's changed. You know, the con- before, back in the day when everything was like cool and awesome. <laughs> um we as the experts used to discern what was good gear. Right. We would say, you know what, we've tried these four guitars. This one is really awesome. And we're, you know, and we'd tell people we're that. And, and it, that yeah. would that would that would build the buzz. And that's how the, that's how right. things got popular was like we said, Oh yeah, that's cool. And they said, Oh yeah, that is cool. And then it went on. Right. And now it's flipped. Because everything's online. Consumers have the power, right? So you know what Those you want before bastards. you walk in. <laughs> it's just changed the game. Yeah. For better or for worse. Because people are misinformed. People read an article that some dude wrote because he bought this thing. It's like, this is what I bought, so it's the best thing in the world. Right. You should also buy this thing that I have. Right. And who knows if he's who getting not? paid by the people. Or what, or, or what the hell he's doing. Or if he knows what the hell he's talking about. Right. You know, there's all these... All these things to consider. Right. But the average reader doesn't care. Right. He reads and he's like, oh, yep, that guy validated what I saw. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go buy that thing. And if you don't have that thing, this is it's still business in the end. You still got to sell things to keep 100 people going. For sure. You know? So we have to stock more of everything. Because if you sell, if someone wants it, you better have it, otherwise they're gonna go they're buy, just it gonna go buy it on Amazon. Amazon or whatever, right? So, four warehouses, you know, twenty stock guys checking, making sure everything's where it's supposed to be. We receive trucks from nine o'clock to three o'clock, and then from four o'clock to five o'clock, it's all outgoing trucks. Every day, it's just moving boxes, and it's just like. So wait, where are the outgoing drivers? Are they deliveries to other music stores or deliveries to people? Customers, we ship pallets to schools, universities. Right, right. Army, Navy bands. Yeah, I guess your sales, a bunch of speakers is huge. You know, when I came in, I was surprised at how involved a music store. Like, I knew I had my, my family had a music store. We sold guitars and things. But I didn't know how involved a music store is in every aspect of music. It's not just selling guitars to dudes playing guitars right it's schools it's churches it's um the army and navy and the united states i mean these bands they have a band in every base so there's tons of musicians out there right we ship to all the all the bases we ship to every country in the world um embassies i mean you know, we do we do this uh, like installed sound like you would see in a bar or restaurant. Right. DC is a booming city. Like this place is blowing up. Yeah. Restaurants. Twenty one hundred bars and restaurants. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it's an, it's it's exciting. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of opportunities for music and just I mean enjoyment and I mean that's a, like a, that's a cool thing to 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 see happen and. You know, being a part of that is pretty exciting. To, sure. to, you know, to be kind of in it. In in mid-Renaissance. In yes. You know? So, it's interesting times being in a, involved in music with 
you know, there's YouTube, there's streaming, there's all these things going on. It's like a very, uh, it's a very interesting business to be in because you're involved in a lot of things and people don't even realize it. For sure. And one, you know, music is so analog, even though it's delivered digitally, but it's created, you know, real yeah. time. Yeah. You know. Someone's got to make it, you know, right, someone, someone created something that someone is listening to. Yeah. And, you know, the romance of music is is why these people are in it, you know? Right. I mean, that's why, like, we all listen to the radio and stuff, because, like, someone cared enough to, like, put it out and do something Make with it. Make that song, yeah. That's awesome, you know? Yeah. And not all sides of music are like that. There's a business side to it, too. But at the core of it is this passion, is this, is this you know, need to create and arts and, and that kind of thing. Um, there's been an interesting headline circulating in like the last week or so that it's like the death of the guitar god, like the death of the guitar player. That the stats are that out of all the people that play, that start guitar, only 10% stick with it. And that number is shrinking. And that's a scary thing. One for stores, sure, and, and these guitar makers and all, you know, yeah. those implications. But it's scary because it's like the death of an art form. It really is. You know, is. I mean, like, and that that's just one example. I mean, it's like all those things, right? It's drums and trumpets and saxophones and all these sorts of things. Right. There's other things, other stimulus out there to draw people's attention to technology, virtual reality, the internet. Yeah. All those other things. Yeah. There's plenty of distractions out there. Most definitely. And the struggle is trying to keep people entertained with music. And then you think about the music itself. Back in the day, there were guitar gods. I mean, there really were. I mean, I mean you don't have, there. there's no one except for like maybe five people that you could maybe mention now that you would consider to be a fantastic musician on top of being a popular artist. You have, um, like, John Mayer is a great guitar player. Right. You have, um, you know, there's some really, like, excellently talented singers like Adele or, like, um, Ariana Grande has, like, ridiculous voice. Like, but, like, you know, you appreciate them for their art of what they do. Right. Most everything else is because it's a good beat or it's pop or, or it's right. fun or they have a vibe about them or they have a character about them, which is, which is important and cool. But the, the, that level of like the artist, right. you know, that, that elevated expert, the master of, and, and that person being popular. Right. is something you don't get so much anymore. Yeah. And I was thinking on the way over here, cause I, I was thinking about that article. It's not, I was wondering why, you know, like, why Why isn't there a guitar god? Why don't people care? I was thinking that it, part of it might have to do with the fact that it's so easy to create music now that it's diluted. Right. You used to have to be of a certain caliber to get into a recording studio. For sure. And then if you recorded something, someone was going to do something with it. It wasn't just, like, going to just disappear if you were really talented. Right. Now, I can make a recording on my phone and it could blow up because I knew a couple of people that shared it to the right people and it took off and I get discovered. And yeah, there's an element of that before being discovered. Right. 
my God, there's so much mm-hmm. out there. How can you find the one that deserves to be popular? Right. And there's a billion people watching a billion things all day. Like, what's significant in that? Right. So, like, to pick out a guitar god and have them arise out of the mess to be something that inspires more people to play guitar. Well, so you know what I think it is? I have some, I think what it is is that, you know, nobody's really stroking the egos of guitar gods. Like, I don't think there is such a thing as a guitar god anymore because that genre of music isn't, it doesn't really exist. You know what I mean? Like, it just really, it, it just kind of doesn't. But it's like, what will save us is the actual real time of life. It's like, there's a billion people and a billion eyes looking at a billion different things and, like, how do you rise? That is all, like, super accurate. But on a local level, not everybody's listening to a billion things. And when you go out, and what will make the difference is, like, venues exercising their live music licenses and not trying to have DJs but bringing back live music again, getting people comfortable to being in an audience of live, or having it in your dinner or whatever like getting used to the idea of like more of a New Orleans vibe where like, but like people are, I feel like people are genuinely um, reverting. It's like the rise of like cassette tapes and vinyl again. I think in this crazy digital world, people are really looking for something a little more analog. Absolutely. And then I think that like with the rise, like more bar, cause you know, it, it, I mean, I don't think bars and restaurants are going to start doing live music because they, like, realize how important it is. They're going to do it because they can't stand out from anybody else. And there's a million theme bars, you know, pop-up bars. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to say theme bars. And I'm not I'm not hating on the Game of Thrones bar. I just want to put that on the record. I think that is awesome. But I'm just talking about the fact that there's 2,100 bars and restaurants. And, yeah. like, if you're trying to open something right now, like, what are you going to do to stand out from the rest? And so I think people, you know, there's so much amazing food here, so many amazing cocktails here. And so really the next logical step is having the most amazing Music. talent. Yeah. And we're in a city like chock full of crazy talented people with nowhere to perform. So the people that figure that out first are going to be the real winners. And then just bringing people back into a room and like, because part of like teaching people how to be an audience is like getting off your fucking phone. You know what yeah. I mean? putting that shit away because you realize that there's somebody within eyesight of you performing for you who can see you on your phone. And when you start to have those pangs of embarrassment and realness, when you realize, wait a minute, this person, you know, that's when the tides will start to change yeah, and things will, you know, keep moving in the direction. You know what I mean? There are cities where that's music. still alive, you know, like, yeah. like, like New Orleans or, or Nashville or Memphis sure. or, like there are places where I, I was in Cuba and the place just it, it there are certain places in the world that breathe music. Right. You know, like you you walk through the streets Portugal. and you just hear you hear people creating music. And that's awesome. Yeah. Like real, like not not top forty. I mean right. real raw, like from what they're doing, like it's their music. Not it's very no cool. format, top forty DJ. It's really cool. There's some of it, you know. It's still out there. It's not dying, and I don't think it will die. I don't think it I don't will think die it will. either. I think it's just a perception. I think you're right. I mean, yeah, you know, but it's 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 that a lot of people are making music, which is a great thing. I mean, I, in my store, I got a lot of guys that are they're older than me working there that are from a different generation that saw music differently and are watching it. They're they're watching it from that angle. Music is dead. 
I went to, I like electronic music. I like DJs. I really started to like DJs when I saw music production software. I saw right. Logic on right. a Mac, and I was like, whoa. Right. They, how did they make that out of, out of, from this? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> so I, I started, once that, I started getting into electronic music. I went to a show at 930 Club. And I thought it was going, I, I totally expected to go see a DJ. It was a song I heard on the radio. I was like, why not? I live around the corner. I'm just going to go check this thing out. And I went in and all the kids there were in neon, like ready to like rage and like, you know, just go what out. What act was it? This was the Bloody Beat Roots. Okay. Okay. They had one, they had a hit song, like a popular song on the radio a couple years back. Um, and went to the show. I'm just sitting back. And come on, and there's a DJ, but then there's a dude with a Gibson SG, there's a live drummer, and there's a dude with a synth. Right. And they're they're all wearing, like, the same mask. Like, there's, you right. thought it was one dude, and it's four guys that looked the same, and it was, like, crazy. Right. And they just went full-on punk rock, like, electronic punk rock. It was the most outrageous thing I'd ever seen, but they just jammed punk rock down these kids' throats, and they loved it. Loved it. And it was Awesome. And that impacted them. It infected them with the funk. I thought, I thought like, you know, that was an epiphany. That was like the guitar didn't disappear. It's been repurposed. It's still there. Right. And there are really cool musicians figuring out ways to adapt. Right. And be be what people want the way they want them to be it. You know what I mean? Like they're still driving and they're still creating. They're still bringing something to to more than just was playing on the radio. Exactly. There's still a reason to go to a live show. Exactly. It's it's awesome. But exactly. It it was a that was an interesting thing to see and to realize and to wrap your head around that you might just be hearing, you know, what you think is just a DJ on the radio, but like there was something that went to, that still went into that. There's still that passion, that talent that goes into making a song that's, that DJ plays on the radio. Exactly. It's not, you know, it's not all black and white. It's not as uh, simple as it seems. It's the romance of music. It is the romance of music. I like that. I feel like, um, I feel like there's hope because, you know, there's so many different types of genres and something for everybody. And um, I think, I think what we really need to revamp though is radio. Yeah. I think that's where the problem lies. What do you mean? I'm I'm interested. Because they just like they have for a long time, but it's gotten way worse. They just play the same songs over and over and over. Yep. Ah, uh, the beauty of doing a podcast on T mm. Street on a Friday night. City. That's sounds right. of the city. The sweet sounds of Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, fuck you in the background. <laughs> You're like, I love this place. Mm. Yeah. Home. Um so yeah, no, I mean radio, and I don't, I don't just mean like DC radio. Although DC radio totally needs an overhaul. They've had the same people on the radio for forty years, man. I'm like, aren't you the same guy that was on the radio when I was in high school? Yes, <laughs> it's the same people on the radio. So of course it's not going to be compelling for people to listen to. Um, although there's some like familiarity and like awesomeness about hearing those like voices over and over again, but like it's really the content that's the problem. And uh, I feel like a lot of radio stations are, like, pandering to the audience that's still listening, and the people that are still listening are significantly older, which is why they keep some of those familiar voices. I'm sure it's not just in D.C. 
Um, but at the end of the day, the radio is what's supposed to break things. Like the radio originally, when people, I mean, that's how it all started. You know, the War of the Worlds, like you right. tuned in on your radio box. Crazy. That was your portal to the world, and yeah. that's how you got things. And I think eventually we're going to get back to that point when, like, Trump nukes us all, and we're all, like, hoveling in a basement with, like, and yeah. It's, yeah, I mean. Not, Something will happen. Not to take us there, but I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like I'm, I'm, I'm low key obsessed with radio and like pirate radio and low frequency broadcasting and like just the ability to actually like communicate with people and talk yeah. to people like, like the Warriors or like WKRP in Cincinnati, you know, like I just love that concept. But like the radio used to be where you got all your information from and where like you learned about new songs and you would dance to the radio. I used to record off the radio mm-hmm. and now I just don't feel like. That's happening, but that's because they have to, like, pay, like, you know, they don't, like, KYS doesn't have enough money to pay Jay-Z to get the whole album, right? So, I mean, I I get it, right? But, like, we kind of have to break that mold because no matter how much anybody out there loves those songs, they don't want to hear them 17 times a day either. And so they're not doing the job that they're supposed to of breaking music that pushes boundaries, that makes you hear somebody playing a ukulele or hear somebody hear... The bloody beat roots, like right. that live. Like, imagine if like you could play that live show from the nine thirty club on the radio around here. Imagine if all the fucking shows from the nine thirty club were like broadcasted on a radio station around here. What? What? But what's happening now? We were and we're you know you're even thinking about doing it here is is live video, right? It's it's it, it's changed. That that vibe is still there. That live exactly. exposure of awesome new content is there. It's shifted. It's shifted, yeah. And that's what people want. And you know what? Don't, you can't fight, you can't, you can't swim upstream the whole time. You, no. You have to go, you have to adapt and go with it. For and sure. If you do it well and you adapt early enough and you do it smart, you'll be successful. But you can never leave anyone behind because you will not remain successful. And as much as videos are dope and I like looking at them on my Samsung S8 that I already cracked the screen on. <sighs> Um, that uh, not everybody has a phone. Not everybody True. has that. True. And a lot of people listen to the radio in their cars. They don't have Sirius. They don't have a CD player even, or don't have CD, whatever. Lots and lots of millions and millions and millions of people listen to the radio. And, and so it's still a direct line to the general public, which is being terribly underserved in so many senses. Yeah, that's... Exactly. That's like the same kind of trouble. I don't want to say trouble, but the same sort of um, rift we have at the store a little bit is the the bridge between the analog retail, brick and mortar retail, and the internet. Right. You know, part of my my dad said, "Adam, do the website," and so I did, and so we started developing it more and getting and getting into it and we're starting to find that you have to be online. You have to you have to represent yeah. yourself in the space that people are. It benefits the store. Right. It it does bring it back in. For sure. But there are things that I sell twenty of online that I that that are expensive that I might only sell two of in the store in a month. Right. And there's a rift there. The salesmen say, say you know, this is those are opportunities for us to sell that item. But if we don't sell them online, that customer will buy that thing online from someone else. 
Right. It will not happen. It, they weren't going to call us anyway. No, it's instant gratification, man. They're There's, not calling you. I, I've never called anybody. I was looking for something online. You don't. You if they don't if you don't you don't care who's selling it. It has that's nothing eBay. to do with it. You know that's what right. that's why eBay's there. That's why we sell on eBay. You have to be where you you can't fight upstream. You can't you can't break human behavior to say get up off your ass, come into this music store and actually get your hands on a guitar right. and try it. Right. It's different than looking at it online. Right. Okay. But people want to buy guitars online. Right. You might as well put them up. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they're a guitar player. Maybe they just need to replace something that they had. And they know exactly what they want. Sure. Like, right? Like it could be any range of of reasons, right? But it's a it's a different world, you know. And and it and it's and part of what I really want to do is is bring that soul back into what we do online. Bring the value of the guys and the knowledge they have and and the expertise they have and the the know how of why one drum is different from another or why a funk player might want a different horn than a jazz player. Right. That you can't read that online. No. You can try, but you, but like not from someone that's actually played both and has them both in front of you. It can say, "Why don't you try them both and see what you think?" You know. Right. Different kind of thing. Well, and you know, I think a lot of it is just educating people because a lot of people are just so used to going online, and that that doesn't you know that really doesn't work. Like f- with. With me, like, I'm so fortunate to know you well enough over the last year to be able to, like, feel totally comfortable just go up there and be like, break it down for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, tell me what I need to do. And that's the thing is people, I don't. people would rather read one answer online, take it as the truth. People don't want to, people don't want to read enough to really discern what's actually true or not. You know, they, yeah. these sources, it's, it's hard to tell what's a reliable source or not online Well, that's anymore. the thing. I think it's like ignorance and like, I mean, I do it all the time. Sure. Like, I just look at the one that, a lot of times I get the one that's more expensive because it's like perceived value. Sure. It's like, and I recognize that, but for, for me, it's like a time thing. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've laid in bed. Oh, Yeah. Easter. Uh, how many times I've laid in bed at night, like ordering shit on Amazon, yeah. you know, because it's the only time I had that whole day to actually stop for a second and order the items that I needed online, you know? And so it's like, I might only have 10 minutes of my day to get that shower curtain that I need for my Airbnb unit. And I'm going to probably go on Amazon and just order the shit that can come super fast. And base it off of whatever because I need it right now. And yeah. so I know music equipment isn't the same, but you know, some people like some people. I mean, that's just the society ways, we live in. It's instant gratification. It. I bought I bought a rug on Amazon. Like you buy, <laughs> right. like, it does. You know, it doesn't matter anymore. You buy the most ridiculous things. It, you could probably get like easy. a wife on Amazon sooner yeah. than later. Like seriously, yeah, it'd be one click. Checkout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you don't even have to go to the checkout. Yeah. You just one click buy. Wiped print, up, yeah. and then you post it on Facebook. I'm tell married. Le- tell Alexa that you want it. Right. That's right. <laughs> Alexa, send send to me. How weird is that? What Alexa? Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Alexa, but it's, but it's also is it's, the FBI. That's but it's that. like, who thought that we would be like talking to computers? The Jetsons. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy things. It's super. There are drones that you can put in your hand, and they follow. They know you, and they follow you. Like. <laughs> What? That's loneliness. But like 2017. That's what I think. And I know because I kind of want one when now. You can walk down, <laughs> when you can walk down 14th Street and someone, there's a robot carrying deliveries. Yeah. And no one 
no one looks at it and is like, what the, the fuck f- is that <laughs> robot doing? Yeah. Like, well, I, or like, why is there a robot? I walk yeah. up to the person next to me and I said, you realize this is a robot. Why Why are you not really excited that there's you're driving a robot right. next to you carrying things? Yeah. Or when those people are on the like the hoverboards, like yeah. the little... Like, on their phone, there's yeah, like, they're like Snapchatting how bored they and are. Like, <laughs> no one on the street looks at them. I'm like, don't you? That's crazy. It is crazy. We are in a world where people are hovering around and, like, you know. Yet, if you posted an article on Facebook about like the Back to the Future hoverboard becoming real, like a million people would share it, but they don't even notice that, like, just outside their window, some guy just like flew by <laughs> on an electric skateboard what the hell? with like <laughs> gel laser wheels, and you're like, but the Back to the Future hoverboard, man, that's, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's such a crazy time we live in. But, you know, I think that's also where people really, like, like a lot, like, so I got some younger staff. And, like, the younger kids are, like, less tuned into technology than the older yeah. kids. They're, you know? they're, they're hungry for experiences, and they want they really hands-on. And, you know, that's why they're, you you can't replace... You can't place everything with computers. You really can't. You can't. You really there will can't. always be a place for a guy to make a guitar by his hands. You know, there's a right. reason why you pay more for the hand-finished guitar than you do for the one that comes off the factory line. Right. You know, there's always going to be a need for art and that yeah. that creation and the craftsmanship and uh, the expertise. There will there will yeah. be. And, and the it, connections. It ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. You know, like that's the for cycle sure. of life. You know, it's just like... It's happened twenty times in our lifetime about like what's popular and what's not and how music cycles, whatever. It's all the same thing. It is, it is. But you know, like you said, it, it's a core. It'll never really go away because I mean, music is like I mean, even when we were living in caves, we were like banging on rocks. You know, like it's universal. It's super universal. Doesn't matter what country you come from, you hear a jam. You're yeah, you know, you're gonna jam. And even just the earliest days, you know, when we went to battle before battle, we were listening to drums. Going into battle, listening to drums after the battle, more drums and alcohol. Yeah. You know, like music is like you can't take that away. You can take away everything, but yeah. you can't take away a man's voice. You know what I mean? And it's like the horn. That's why I love New Orleans because I feel like. You don't need any electricity. You don't mm. need anything. Yeah. You know? It's a man awesome. can yeah, can play that horn and can't nothing stop that. Mm-hmm. And to me that there's just something so I love when I see that on New Street. Like powerful. The, the dudes playing trombones and yeah. stuff like that. I wonder that's something I think about a lot at the store. We sell a lot of brass instruments, a lot of orchestra instruments. Um but you know, we talk about guitar gods and things like that. Trombone gods you don't you don't have i mean like <laughs> right like, i'm thinking like there, there are there are funk bands and and, and go-go bands and soul groups and like right. and i mean there are these different types of musicians where these guys are monsters at what they do and you just you, there's not that outlet for that type of instrument i i yeah i wonder what would happen if some of these companies that there's a lot more money in band and orchestras don't get me wrong like orchestras are 20 pieces of just trumpets or whatever they are. You know, like, that's right. a lot. And these trumpets are $1,000 each, right? Jesus. How many funk bands are there going to spend that money on these types of instruments? But right. imagine you made an instrument that was designed for that type of market. I just I just wonder, like, there's a whole... I, th- I love going to see funk and go-go and all that stuff. Yeah. But like, I feel like you don't see a lot of, like, promotion of that. I mean, I guess it's a time past, but, like, that still gets people off their ass. I don't know. I love... Um, like that's I mean that's why New Orleans will never you know until they've stopped them from playing their horns in the streets it's never 
Like, I never felt like I was from someplace I'd never been before until I went to New Orleans. Yeah. I was like, I'm from here somehow. I don't yeah. know. I'm, yeah. I'm super Irish, straight off the boat, like third generation. You know, like, I'm definitely not from there, but I think I'm from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. I felt the same thing about Memphis. Like, you just walk down Beale Street, and it's just blues and soul and, like, just the guitar and, like, people just letting it out, just singing and just. And there's so much bravery Real. in that. When you see that, when you witness it, it like sparks this bravery in you too. But like, man, maybe it is okay to like communicate how I feel somehow, but my own way. It's like such a beautiful thing. And I, I'm hopeful because I feel like, you know, music is the greatest equalizer, you know? Yeah. M- music and weed. And unfortunately, weed finally caught up with me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like for years, I couldn't really just say that out loud. Right. But, you know, 2017. DC. Proposition 17, or no, 71, whatever. It doesn't really matter, matter. you know? But music, music is the greatest equalizer because, you know, it's universal. No matter where you go, um, you can't deny the power of music and how much it brings people together. And I think right now, especially in a time where we're also divided and separated and confused and scared, that those, like, actual moments really mean something. Yeah. You know? And nothing could, you know, it's like we live in a society, like I was watching this video one time and it was like a Russian dashboard cam shows that humanity is still alive. And I was like, all right, we're not, I'm, I'm, I'm game, you know what I mean? Let me see what's good here. And it is like, you know, these random videos of like near misses and like at one point there's like a baby like walking down or like a small toddler but, like, more of a baby than a toddler, like, stumbling down the street and, like, an 18-wheeler, like, stopped its truck and, like, didn't hit it. And, like, that was, like, oh, that's so touching, you know? And I was, like, holy crap, man. Like, is this is this where we're at? This thing got, like, 7 million because we're also starving yeah. for, like, any... Like, that's why those, like, videos, like, bright little things, like, all those, you know... I can't think of any of them right now, but, like, all those sites that show you those, like, humanitarian moments between people, they get millions of views because we're starved for that kind of compassion. But the craziest thing is, like, it exists all around us if you just put your phone down. Yeah, look up. Oh, man. And and, and that's why I love D.C. so much because it's like you can get in a conversation with anybody, anywhere. If you say something to them, they're going to say something back. Someone's going to talk to you. You know what I mean? Someone's going to listen. So... Yeah, I think uh, I think that you know, in that effort to put their phone down, and with the younger generation, you know, the twenty, the early twenties, I feel like they're they're well aware and they understand how the shit works, but they're not like slaves to that. They're looking for that real thing. Yeah, and so I'm hopeful that you know it'll come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. There, you know, you see flashes of it. People love vinyl. People love. They want to get off of their phones. For sure. It's awesome. People want to be audiophiles and shit, and, you know, go for it, man. All right, so I got to ask you, what is the craziest thing that's ever happened at Chuck Levin's Music Center? Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can do top two, you know what I mean, if you can't pick. One time a a guy drove, since I've been there, there's a lot of things that have happened. I've only seen a couple. Guy drove through our pro sound department, just drove through it, Brought like half the store down. Oh my god! Everyone's fine. But a bunch of gear got messed up. I'm sure. Yeah, it was. But you know, it's covered. It's insurance. Yeah, that was interesting. That was like a just a Wheaton thing. Like people, cars crash into buildings a lot. <laughs> like it's happened a couple of times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Shout out to Wheaton. <laughs> What's up? Um, we have a lot of characters. It's a, it's an it's a it's a fun it's a fun place to just sit and watch. Like it's the ultimate people watching. Oh, I bet it's great. I mean, I love the I love I love what what we do, and I love the people that come in, and it, every day is different, and and it's all it's all about music in the end. So that's pretty cool. Other craziest thing. Let's see, I'll remind you of a story that you told me, which I think is really cool, touching on the fact that your grandfather was all about handshake and how artists would come and say, hey, you know, I really want to give this a shot, but I don't have the money, and so he would let them make payments and things like that and earn their way to these uh, things. And so for years, you know, even now you still get letters and... And cards, you know, saying your your grandfather. Yep. So I'll let you take it from oh, here. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel Thank like you, you could do a better job here. Yeah, yeah. So that was his way. Like, he'd come in, said he wanted a strat or something like that, and come to the floor and say, "Look, you." T-, he said, "Boss, you take this guitar. When you have the money, you come back and pay me." And they would be so honored. Like every day, someone comes in and says, "Your your grandfather took me up in his office." And he said, "Listen, <laughs> you do this." Like he was like a mafia boss. Yeah. You take this guitar. Right. When you're ready. You take this guitar. You, you'll pay me back. Right. And they did. Right. Because how could you not? They You'd did. be a super douche if you didn't. So, like this year, 2017, we get a package. And it's a saxophone from like 1960. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a letter in it. And it says, Mr. Levin. I first need to apologize. In 1960, I was 13 years old, and I took the sax out of your store without paying for it. And I'm sure you guys were looking for it. <laughs> I'm sure that it brought you distress. And for years, it's been weighing on me, and I didn't remember the name of the store because this was down when we were in 8th Street. Right. And he said someone, was, someone had brought up the name Chuck Levins, and it brought it back, and I looked it up mm-hmm. online. And there you were. So here's the saxophone from 1960 and a check for $250 for the right. for the trouble. Right. Like, what? Right, right. Like, that's what crazy. Was it in good condition? It was fine. Right. But, like, we framed it. We didn't cash the check. We're like, right, right, right. Put this thing up. Like, that's, that's 50 years ago. <laughs> like, right. this dude, like. Felt so bad, but that's that goes back to just kind of like how yeah how the, the whole thing worked. Like you say you're gonna do a deal, right? Dude, fucking do the deal. Yeah. Like I was just talking to someone that day about that today. Like I, I feel a connection to my grandfather, and I yearn for that type of business. Yeah. Where I can trust you, and I say, listen, I'm gonna do this for you. You take care of me. You just pay it back because I know you're good for it. Right. You need it, and I want to help you get there. Yeah. And can't trust people like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a there's a shot there's a few out there. There's a few. And you find them and you and that's yeah. that's good, but you know, it used to be expected that you, that was that was how you were brought up. Right. That you kept your word because in the end that's all you have. Yeah. You know, after money after everything else like if you if you say you're going to get something done, get it done. Get it done, yeah. And that's that's very much how I was brought up to do the business was if you commit to do something, say you're going to do it and do it. And if you can't do it, admit that you can't do it and pass fi- the ball and find a, find a way to do something else. 
Right. You know, no one's going to knock you for saying, I, I, I'm honest and I can't do that. Right. But be upfront about it. Right. And that, that level of honesty and that level of trust, you know, with the advent of the internet or whatever it is, I mean, just how easy it is to take someone for something. I've been taken yeah. for being too nice. Right. And it's taught me to, you know, you have to, you have to put up a shell, but it, which sucks. Right. Because you just want to be able to trust people. Yeah, and Because and, 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 yeah. and, that's what I want to, you know, that's what, that's what we're about in the end. Right. You know? As long as it comes back. Because you still got to be there. Well, tomorrow. yeah, you got 100 people. You got it. Right. You got, I got mouths to feed. You got to keep all them going so that we can keep the community going. Like it's. Sure. But if, you know, a couple bad eggs ruin it for a lot of people. and Yeah. But you know what? I think though, leading by example. And I feel like in my own life, like I'm surrounded by a lot of. Like younger people and staff and like people that I can tell that I have like an influence on and them I, you know, uh, or I or I them. I don't know. But um I definitely like hold everybody in my life accountable. Like I'll have those awkward conversations, but then I'll also extend favors, but be in the office and be like, Okay, I'm gonna give this to you, right? You know, but you gotta do this back. And that and that, you know, seems to tr- yield tremendous results. Mostly, you know, not always. I've definitely had some people stick me, you know, um, because like you, I'm a little too nice at times. But at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, when you're in an accountable relationship, whatever it might be, it just breeds integrity, you know, and it just everyone feels better in those conversations. And then when things go well, uh, high trust items or situations where things go wrong and they don't. Because that accountability and that integrity, it strengthens, like, everyone in the room. Yeah. You know? And so I think that, like, while we can't change, like, the overall blanket that is on top of humanity right now, uh, we can, like, in our own community, in our own, like, immediate interactions, like, instill that level of accountability and, and trust. Like, I would like to think that, like, the people, you know, in my life that I can trust. I can trust because they value the relationship with me versus like there's some sort of, you know, um, punishment if they don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like, right. Yeah. You could stick me and you could walk away and it's nothing will ever happen. Feared. It's, it's more about being respected, but it's more about like the fact that they value, you know, my presence. And that might just be a small group of people to start with. But I, you know, I think that it all starts with, like, you know, the individual, like, how you handle things, which is why, I've, you know, I have mad respect for you and, like, the family business, and you've you've always, like, cut it super straight, and you do amazing things, and, like, and I, I'm sure that you affect a lot of people in your daily life, um, you know, and your non-daily life, you know, that are impressed by that and want to lead with that, and especially because, you know, you're the grandson, man. Like, that's, you know, a rare thing, you know? It's almost cool... Or uncool to want to work for your family business for some reason, you know, because yeah. of whatever. But, like, it's not at all. Like, everyone loves Chuck Levins. Like, it's insane how many people you guys have reached from all walks of life. I had no idea the the level that we were entwined in in people's lives, right? Sure. I mean, and it's awesome. Like, I love, I love what I do. I love being a part of it. I love being able to help people. I love being in a position that I can help people. Yeah. Because you can. And and if you're able to and you can, that's a great thing to do. Exactly. That's very cool to be a part of. It is. Yeah. And it's only just begun. because It's you're, only just begun. You're just a young, young man. I still got energy. I'm ready to rock. I still got energy. Shit, I'm like 15 years older than you, man. 
Like 13, but not counting. Yeah, it's great. Something like that. It's great. Wait, how old are you? 29. No, I'm counting. Yeah, I'm older than you. I'm like 12 years older than you. Close Never enough. tell. I know, right? Yeah. It's that, uh, all that Irish whiskey and kids I don't have that keeps me looking so young. That's what it is, but. Well, Adam, uh, man, I love sitting and talking with you and hearing about Chuck Levin stuff and just there's so many things. I'm always so flabbergasted when I go in that store. I'm just so overwhelmed by how many things like per square inch there are in that store. I mean, it is fucking incredible. Like just when you think you've seen all the mics and you look up, there's more of them right over your head. I mean, it's just like it never in like a six foot counter space. You have like 70,000. My my number one thing I do there. Is know where everything is, dude. I don't know how. In the morning, I dust the whole place, and so I put it all back away. And that's you got to like. We don't have a point of sale system. We don't have like scan. Right. We don't have, like computers and stuff like that. So like, you just got to get it around, touch everything, and like know everything's at. A lot of, there's a lot of things in that place. That's so crazy. You don't have any point of sales. I mean, that's not yet. Oh, bananas. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's the soul. I love it. You know, that's the vibe. And I mean, does it make it harder to inventory that way? Oh yeah. Well, so, but that, accurately you know, inventory because we're, that's why I got I got twenty stock guys, and we are actively in the process of like computerizing this whole thing and getting right. it all scanned because the speed at which you have to move and the way I have to buy and the way that right. you know I got to make deals on the spot, ready to you know do these things. Those numbers matter, and I don't have time. Five years ago, I had to run around the store to count how many I had of something. Right. Guys, go find me every Fender Stratocaster we have in the store. Right. We had to go count them all. We don't want, you don't want to miss one because they can be like 1200 bucks. Right. You know? So it's, technology is a, is a great thing if you can but use it But don't you right still way. have to count it, though? Because just because the computer says it doesn't mean they're actually in the store. True, but now I can see I can see the count on my computer where before I would actually have to run around and put it on paper. Right. But, you I mean, you still have to, like, go make sure that there are actually six of them, right? I mean... It's still... There's still a level of inaccuracy that I'm working on. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I had a little taste of that with the retail store downstairs, and yeah. I had, like, seven products, and I was like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't handle this. Who yeah. knows what's going on? We have, like, probably 12,000 different things <laughs> in the exactly. different individual items in the store at any given time. Yeah, like, I don't even sell as much stuff as you have on, like, your checkout counter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, literally. Like, there's more stuff in the first three feet of your counter space than I've ever sold in my life. Yeah. And, like, it was overwhelming to me. I'm like, I can't do it. A lot of things. Dude. Well, if you haven't been to Chuck Levin's Music Center, you should go, because it's awesome. And then you do that summer jam, right? Are you doing that this year? Probably one in the fall, yeah. In the fall. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So a little outdoor... Uh, Chucktoberfest. Chucktober. Exactly. How could I forget that? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, check out Chuck Levins. If you're a musician or if your kid is an aspiring... Chucklevins.com. That's right. And even if you're not, you know, just go. Like, come hang out. Just come check it out. Like, it's... Strum a ukulele. Come yeah. bang on a drum. They have, they have like, they have kid-sized instruments. Oh, yeah. Like, kid-sized drum kids. Which is like the only time in my life I've wanted to reproduce. Honestly, it was staring <laughs> at that kid sized drum kit. I was like, man, maybe it is worth it. Need you someone to play I mean? that thing. Little John Bonham Jr. Yeah, what? There you go. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's such a cool store. And I'm not a musician, but I'm still just like, I love it. 
I really, really love it. It's such a cool, it's such a cool place. And I can't thank you enough for, you know, if, uh, if for those of you who don't know, Chuck Levins is a big sponsor of ours here and has provided a lot of gear for us, uh, you know, and given us great deals, you know, really shown love for, for One Love Massive and all the artists that we work with. And uh, I really value that for the obvious reasons. But my favorite thing about you is that I brought you into this building when it was just a bunch of white walls and nothing was in here, and you got this stupid grin on your face because you could see the possibility of it when it, it it had none of that in it, but you got it. It's happening. And that was a big inspiration for me because I'm like, damn, am I fucking crazy? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what am I doing right now? A little now? bit, but crazy enough I, to make it happen. Exactly. And like, you got to awesome. be a little nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but I think about that often, like how excited you were, and like you saw the vision too. And I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't be too far off if Adam is as, as excited as I am about this space. And I'm always excited when you come and and back and see it again, and to be in here and uh, you know, do our thing. Like I, I couldn't have done it without you. Like straight up, it's you a, know, it's an amazing thing, and it's it's awesome to be a part of it. Like you know. To feel sure. connected to it. This is like the heart of what's going on right now. Yeah. It feels that way. It's it's just it's just pumping with awesomeness. Thanks, man. You know, you're 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 just in the middle of the music scene. You got the Howard Theater across the street. What? You're in like the like this area, like I'm getting chills. Like this area just breeds like music. It and is. you're right there. Awesome. This, HQ. Exactly. HQ. This soul of this building is is alive, man. We got man. Flash across the street on one side, Howard on the other, U Street. I mean, it's wild. And it's crazy because, you know, it's changing so fast. You know, across the street used to be on the corner there, Miss Cecilia's uh, legendary after hour spot. And even just not that long ago, the crew, it was a Caribbean spot, which is also a super illegal after hour spot. I love that, like, for, like, 60 years, there's, like, some super illegal shit going on on that corner. So shout out to, like, Shaw PD for letting that happen because somebody had to look the other way a whole grip of times for, like, a whole lot of decades. And it's even listed as, like, Miss Cecilia's, like, infamous after hour. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they don't even, like, they're, like, yeah. And so I, 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 I love that, but it's, it's sad. It's sad to see, you know, the back half of that building gutted and you're looking through the window and you see the parking lot behind it and it's, yeah. it's a little sobering. I mean, it was an old-ass building and I'm sure it had a, a plethora it's a of problems. It's a bittersweet time. It's a bittersweet time. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a fire hazard. I mean, you know, D, old D.C. building, they're all technically fire hazards because D.C. does some janky-ass shit. When it comes to construction, there's not a single old ass house in the city that you're not like, what the hell were they thinking yeah. when they did that? Yeah. But uh, it's part of its charm, you That's know what it. I mean? And, uh, you know, I, you know, Miss Cecilia, if you're listening from above and beyond, like, I won't let you down. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's Aaron so the much legacy on this block and uh, a lot of exciting things going to happen with the Howard Theater. I know there's a lot of negative press about what's going on but really that's about the blue note the howard theater is still uh still a spot. oh yeah it's still a majestic got the soul it's a great spot it is an amazing spot and the sooner we get blue note on out of there the sooner we can take that joint over and do what we we got to do as a city to make it the people's theater again so uh so don't be discerned by you know the the because all those articles are super true but they're about the blue note so um, it's a, it's an exciting time to, to be here and a, a scary time to be alive. 
Man, you know, is it ever? Is it yeah. ever, man? I tell you, I've been off of Facebook those last week. Like, not off. I didn't I didn't do, like, the whole, like, I'm leaving Facebook announcement <laughs> or whatever. But I've just been really trying to avoid it because I realized that, um, you know, it's just so negative. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, and not Facebook as a platform or whatever. Yes, there's trolls and douchebags, whatever. 90% of my Facebook experience is crazy positive, you know, yeah. sharing information with people, Joking, people telling me they love me. I mean, it's awesome. I, I get a lot of emotional support from my network on, on Facebook. Not going to lie. But then the rest of it is like, this person died. This person was shot in the face. You got to see it. Like, I remember the good old days when you like you couldn't actually see people dying. You know, right. just like on your phone on autoplay. It, it was off limits. It was like... Yeah, you had to get like faces of death. To, and right. like, that might have been fake. And like, you know, like, Stand By Me. A whole fucking movie was made about some kid who walked by a dead body on a train track. A whole movie that won Emmys and Grammys and all kind of shit. Right now, you see how many people you see die before lunch. It's a... We all have PTSD. The shit is really bananas. Yeah. And I didn't even fully realize that, you know, until I stopped spending so much time on Facebook this last week. And I'm not nearly as depressed and, like, just overall, like, just sad. world's not, it's not that bad a place. No, if you just put your phone down and, and interact and with the people around stuff? you. Yeah. Exactly. But if you can read bad news from all over the world, you know what I mean? Like, all this over the country. Bad. Of course you're going to be just smacked in the face. Like like Muhammad Ali is coming at you with bad news, yep. and uh, nobody can handle that. So my advice of of today's chopping up, if you're listening, is to spend an hour less a day on Facebook, and then tell me if you don't feel a little bit better. Maybe play know. a guitar. Maybe you know, uh, play some guitar or listen to more of our podcasts. Yeah, listen to some podcasts. You know, make a podcast. Make a podcast. Get out there and do something. Shit, I went on a bike ride the other day. I went camping. I rode like twenty miles up, twenty miles back. Oh yeah. And on the way back, I listened to the seven highly habits of or seven habits of highly effective people, mm -hmm. and I learned some things about myself. There's some things to learn there. And then I got distracted and I put on some some hip hop. But it, twenty miles. It was some. Like ambient lo-fi hip hop beats, <laughs> and I wish I was a rapper for the rest of my home. But I had plenty of time to really think about the seven high. Like do that shit. Like turn off Facebook. You know what I mean? Like stop hearing what everybody else has to say for for a minute, right? And like yeah. just focus on yourself. Learn to play guitar, right? Play the flute. Yeah. What, whatever it is. Whatever. Never start a podcast. Listen to some podcasts. Listen to music. Just anything. Just do stuff. Have conversations with people. Yeah. You know. And that, uh, I got to say, it's the greatest gift of all of this is being able to have these conversations, you know. Uh, we're so far away from that these days, so. It's, uh, you know, all, the, all the, the help you've given us is slowly but surely changing the world. There you no go. No pressure. <laughs> but seriously. Feels good. It's important. So, um, all right, so why don't you tell us exactly where Chuck Levin's Music Center is and how people could get there in cars or on the metro. Sure. Chuck Levin's Washington Music Center is located at 11151 Veers Mill Road in Wheaton, Maryland. Uh, we are on the Red Line. We're two blocks up from the Red Line Metro. Wheaton Stop. Word. Two We're, blocks. You hear that? Two blocks. It's not so bad. Right. Just get on the Red Line. Put, your, put the new Jay-Z album on. No, if you're, you just head out to Silver Spring and then go two stops past that. But it's not so bad. It's not so bad at all. Red Line. Red Line. Lots of dope graffiti on the way out. Yeah, it's a great ride. Um, website is chucklevins.com. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Check it out. We nice. take a lot of pictures of our stuff. All nice. of our, all of our images are our own. 
guitars, drums. Because, like, they're all really cool. So you should, yeah. like, check them out. They are really cool. Yeah. We just got our new board from you guys, our yeah. Personas uh, mixing board. Yeah. And it is awesome new Persona Studio Live board. Super dope. Yeah. Super, super dope. Got all a great right. setup. Man, that thing is so cool. I don't even know how to use it. It it works itself pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And the Mackie mixer we got from you is awesome. Yep. Everything is awesome, man. You got awesome stuff. We're so stoked. That Come record uh, at OLM. That beautiful um, Black Star amp. I mm -hmm. love the way that thing looks. I feel so cool. Sometimes I sit downstairs and I just look around and I'm like, this is all my stuff. Yeah. Like, how did that get so cool? That's the spot. You know what I mean? How did I get so cool? Overlooking T Street, just like. Look at me now. Shit. My eighth grade self wearing a blazer <laughs> with shoulder pads. Looking at you, She's like, damn, girl. Damn. Finally figured that shit out. <laughs> and then I'm like, help, I don't know how to turn it on. And then I don't feel so cool anymore. But whatever. I can fake it a there little you bit, you know. Right on. Well, Adam, thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. And thank you. Uh, we look forward to many more of these. Yeah. Words. Awesome. Chopping it.